Hello, everybody. It is Monday, May 8th, and welcome to episode 98 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burl, and I'm joined, as always, by my usual co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, the Blue Jays go into Pittsburgh. We get the sweep. That's got to feel really good after the series that just was against the Boston Red Sox. How are you feeling, man? And what's up? There's only one way to feel about a sweep um, in a well-needed time. You, Like you said, dropping against the Red Sox, and we went to PNC Park and did Blue Jays things, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely demoralized the Pirates. Really outscored them. 22-3 to three runs. That's incredible. Um, That's had great starting pitching. Our bats were on fire. Like, there was just there was just too much going on to really keep track, Jesse. I really want to get right into it. You were there to mm-hmm. experience this great series. You really picked a great ballpark, picked a great time of year, and really a great performance. The Jays really showed up in this series with the sweep, man. Take it away, Jesse. Oh, today on the show, we are going to get all into that. We got to talk about some of the offense. We got to talk about some of the defense. We got to talk about some of the pitching that we saw for the Blue Jays in this series against Pittsburgh. We have major takeaways from the series, including Brandon Belts heating up, Whit Merrifield's continuing to impress, Dalton Varsho hit a baseball into the river. So we got all that. And of course, I was there at PNC Park. So at the end of the episode, I'll tell you more about that and the trip that was. But first, guys, remember our show is free and we're available on all platforms. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. We are getting close to our 100th episode. And spoiler alert, we might have a little fun, a little giveaway maybe going on for that episode. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel for when we do get there, you can be a part of it here. And if you're listening to us in podcast land, please subscribe to the channel. Give it the share, the downloads, tell a friend, give us a five-star review if that is an option. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, where I was posting a bunch of stuff from the trip in Pittsburgh this weekend. So you can see all of that there, including some of the rich history that PNC Park has. It's a lot of great stuff, but... Without further ado, Riley, let's get into the game recaps. Let's start talking Toronto Blue Jays, and we'll give you a quick summary of the three games that happened here. Game one of this series, the Blue Jays win this game four to nothing. The Blue Jays took a lead early, set the tone early, thanks to a double from Bo Bichette and an RBI single from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. George Springer had a two-run home run to break out of his mini slump, and Whit Merrifield had two hits and three stolen bases, and Chris Bassett put together one of his better starts of the season, seven innings pitch, four hits, no earned runs, four walks, a little high, but five strikeouts. Game two of this series, the Blue Jays win this game eight to two. The Blue Jays got off to another hot start, scoring four in the first off Johan Oviedo. Brandon Belt, Alejandro Kirk, and Dalton Varsho all doubled in the first inning to be part of the four-run outburst, and every single Toronto Blue Jay reached base twice in this game, except for Whit Merrifield, and Jose Barrios had a bounce back start here six and a third innings pitch five hits two earned runs one walk seven k's and in game three the blue jays gave the pirates another butt kick and this game was 10 to 1 and the king at yusei kikuchi was added again in this one six and a third innings pitch four hits no earned runs two walks three strikeouts he was effectively wild in this start but he did get the job done and the blue jays hit three home runs in this game kevin kiermeyer Whit merrifield got his first this season and as mentioned dalton varsho hit one into the river and every single blue jay who started this game got on base as the jays cruised a relatively easy victory. So after the series in PNC, Riley, the Jays sit with a record of 21 wins, 14 losses. We're third place in the AL East, seven games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, and we're sitting comfortably in that second wild card spot. So Riley, so many things that happen in this series in Pittsburgh. The Blue Jays played so well. Where do you want to go first? Who gets your first talking point? 
I mean, look, you could go so many different directions in this in this, you know, sea of players that has really taken flight, man, because it wasn't just our top guys doing things. The bottom of this lineup, you know, mm -hmm. the pieces of this team are doing things. I want to definitely give some love first and foremost to Whit Merrifield, who had a tremendous series, hit his first home run on, of the season, stole three bases. Uh, stole third base. It looked at he was really turning back the clock in the series. Made a great play behind second base, going to his backhand that side. Didn't turn yep. a double play, but very, very close. He had a tremendous series, and he was hitting the ball hard. He was hitting the ball often. You said he was our only player in in game two without um, getting on base twice or or whatever it was there. I think one for one for five. Oh, for five. Oh, for five. Yeah. But um, he made up for it the other day. Hey. <laughs> He, he totally made up for it in the other games, man. He totally gets a thumbs up from me. Feels like we don't talk a lot about this guy. And for the right reasons, you know, he really hadn't taken off. But um, the question of who's on second or what's on second, however that Abbott and Costello goes, for me right now, what or who is on second is Whit Merrifield right now. He's a very hot player. Um, Espinal did not record a hit in the series. He did reach base twice, I think, via the walk. Mm -hmm. uh, Cavan still really platooning. You saw him on first base with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being out. Um, but out of those three, for me, it's got to be Whit Merrifield right now. Um, he's absolutely tremendous in the lineup and a real versatile piece. Had, like I said, he had a great series in in all in all three games, really in all facets. He was he played he played a very well rounded game. First first home run this season and. I'm not going to say he's going to have, you know, a ton of pops, but um, I expect, you know, some extra base hits probably in the next two months from him for sure. He's uh, he's a real bright spot in an already gleaming offense right now. Yeah. Whit Merrifield is an everyday player, right? Like we're done. We're past this. He's not sharing this position with Espinal or uh, Biggio. Like, he, sure, he can go out and play right if Springer needs a DH day or if there's an injury, that's fine. But Whit Merrifield needs to be in the lineup every single day at this point. Like, I don't think he has anything else to prove, Riley. He's got the track record to back it up. He's off, been off such a hot start. And Riley, I saw a lot of impressive things this weekend. I saw Nate Pearson throw a pitch 100 miles per hour this weekend. And the thing that still impressed me the most was Whit Merrifield's performance. You talked about the three stolen bases, Riley. Can you name the last Toronto Blue Jay with three stolen bases in a game? I want to say it's um, well. It, it's been a long time since we had a speedster. Yeah. I'm gonna just throw something out there. I want to say it was like a uh, Reed Johnson or something. <laughs> no, it, it happened more recently than that. Jose Reyes did it a few times. Rajai Davis did it a few times. Uh, the most recent one to do it was Kevin Pilar, but he didn't do it until 2018. So it has been six years since we had a Toronto Blue Jay steal three bags in a game. So good for Whit Merrifield. And yeah, you know what? I will say, I don't want to take credit for the Whit Merrifield uh, little surge here that he had in this series, but I was watching him take batting practice on the field before game one. I gave Whit Merrifield a nice little round of applause after he hit some loud drives. He looked at me and gave me a little thumbs up. So I like to think I motivated Whit Merrifield just a little bit to put on a good series there. Jesse Burrell, um, aspiring MLB hitting coach, absolutely yes. for sure. No fire, got he was he was hey he was ready for this series. Whether it was, was your thumbs up or or pregame talks, he was he was ready to go and he gave it his all, man. Another player on this Toronto Blue Jays staff who was so nice to see finally get out and break their slump here, and that was Brandon Belt. And do you remember last episode, Riley, when you and I talked about? The Blue Jays needed more from our left-handed bats. We spent all offseason acquiring these guys like Kiermaier, Belt, Varsho to really get more less right-handed heavy, I guess, in the lineup. And we were talking about those right-handed hitters or those left-handed hitters, sorry, were just not doing enough. Well, in this series, here's what 
I want to take it just to game two specifically. And here's what the Blue Jays left-handed hitters did in this series. Dalton Varsho in game two went two for five. Brandon Belt in that game went two for three with two walks. Kevin Kiermeyer went two for four with a walk. Kevin Biggio even went two for five and uh, in that game as well. So the Blue Jays left-handed hitters in that lineup got on base 11 times. The previous high this season was six. <laughs> the lefties getting on base. So if this is what it's supposed to look like when the Toronto Blue Jays go about this here. And I wanted to show just Brandon, Lo- Brandon Belt some uh, some love here because he's been striking out a lot. He leads baseball in strikeout rate. So, you know, it's not good, but he did do some nice things. Three walks, which is nice. Six hits, three doubles. And honestly, one of those doubles he hit, hit the top of the Roberto Clemente wall, literally 21 feet on top of the hall. It would have been a home run at Rogers Center. He also got the Blue Jays' first ejection of this season after telling an umpire to clean it up after a strikeout looking. So Brandon Belt is heating up. And, you know, maybe it's just one of those things where he didn't have a big spring training because remember he was hurt. You know, he is switching leagues, coming to the American League for the first time. So maybe this is just a bit of adjustment and maybe this is the sign of good things to come for the power for Brandon Bell. I mean, Hey, he's uh, he looked real good. The extra base hits are definitely there. Consistency would for sure be good, but five hits in two games for Brandon belt. Hey, take what you will out of a guy like Brandon belt. Who's a savvy veteran player. Who's, who's, you know, going to contribute what he can to this blue Jays offense. But in a series where, you know, we didn't really need the extra help. It sure looks good to cap off, let's say, and win and win eight to two or 10 to one. I mean, you can't really complain about that, but you hope in the, more competitive games that we play perhaps he can be a more clutch factor things like this you would like to see him you know strike out less maybe get on base more often but yeah five hits drove drove in a couple runs scored i believe three runs in the second game yeah. like he was he was all over it man brandon belt was all over the baseball in in the two games he played in this series and i mean yeah so the first two thumbs up jesse are kind of not our norms I mean, you want to talk about our non-norm players, but mm-hmm. our, I'm going to say our third guy, you know, he's going to be a norm, and that's Dalton Varsho, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, listen, I mean, it's Whit Merrifield, a veteran guy, who has a, more of a chance to resurge his career than Brandon Belt. Let's be honest. Belt, he could still be very positive and, in, in, uh, you know, produce a lot of numbers offensively, but he's nowhere as valuable as what, what Merrifield is possibly to this Blue Jays team. But Dalton Varsho is a guy that has tremendous value to this team on in all facets of the game. I mean, you said it, Jesse. He hit a ball, you know, into the... I, I know I'm not a Pennsylvania geography expert, but whatever that river the is. The Allegheny um, River is what it's called. The it's Allegheny yeah. River. Yeah. Well, I knew it wasn't the Nile. So he <laughs> did a fantastic job in the series. I mean, looking real good. The eggs of velocity pulling balls down the line like he's a real good pull hitter. And his defense is still top of the charts. He's fast. And you would still like to see him, I mean, I guess, get on base more often. We can't really be too picky, though. I mean, out of the five tools in baseball, this guy possesses four of the tools, maybe minus the contact, and is is very good. I mean, I'm still looking through my things. I mean, he did he did draw a walk in the series, which is good, because I was mm-hmm. going to say you would like to see him get on base more being at the top of this Blue Jays lineup. But I'm also not complaining because of the power is there, the b- ability to drive in runs, driving in two runs on two hits in in the 10-1 ball game. I mean, and defensively, Dalton Varsho, huge plus, man. I mean, he's not a guy that we have talked about on this show a ton compared to our Bows, our Vladdies, our Gosmans, whoever. But Varsho 
is going to be a guy that we talk about. Like I said, 10, 12 episodes ago, Jesse, you're, are you new to the Blue Jays? You want to kind of pick a player to like? Like Dalton Varsho mm -hmm. because he's going to do great things on the field. And he's he, he, he keeps performing. Of course, you would like to see more consistent average numbers. But, Jesse, I really got no gripe with this guy. Just going through his game log here, looking back through the last three games against the Boston series too. He's on a six-game hitting streak, Riley. He's got two hits in five of those six games. The only one he didn't was game one of this series. He's got RBIs in six straight games. He's even got a stolen base in there. And I do want to say too, it was something cool about PNC because I've only ever seen games live at the Rogers Center before. When he hit that ball and it went over the 21-foot uh, fence, it went 20-plus rows back out of the seats. It literally left. PNC Park. I have never seen something like that uh, ever before in person. And according to the people at PNC Park, that was the 68th person to ever hit a home run into the Allegheny River. Only five have ever done it on the fly for what it's worth. The last person to do it on the fly was Josh Bell. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but he did it on the fly. But Dalton Varsho, the first ever Toronto Blue Jay to hit a baseball into the Allegheny River. So Good for you, Dalton Varsho. Like, that's really good. And if this is the guy that we're getting, it's really going to strengthen up that lineup and can it be good things for the Blue Jays going forward. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Going to be – he's going forward, Dalton Varsho is going to be very good. I, as far as the hit streak and RBI streak goes, mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't see the – you know, who knows? You know, baseball's funny some ways. Um, a hit streak would be nice because that means, Jesse, that he is consistently accumulating hits. Might bust up, bust open his average. Give him more of a reason to hit at that top of the order. You know, prove prove your worth. On a, hey, the Blue Jays have a great offense on a bad team. He might be hitting third every single day, Jesse. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. And like, it was good that when Vladdy came down, they moved Varsho to the three hole, and he still produced, which is exactly what you want. I get a guy to step up when your big guys can't perform. Before we move to the negatives, Riley, we haven't talked pitching at all this series. So, what are your thoughts on the three starters that went? Chris Bassett, Jose Brios, and Yusei Kikuchi. Do you have a thought on any or on all of them and how they performed here? Well, Jesse, when you get three starting pitchers with you know over six innings pitch and their names are Jose Brios and Yusei Kikuchi. Now, Brios and Kikuchi didn't go seven like Bassett. They went six and a third. So, I mean, hey, when you say that Brios went six and a third, there's a possibility, hmm, did he get lit up around that time? Well, no, he didn't get lit up in that time. He struck out seven, only surrendering seven base, sorry, six base runners, two earned runs to his line. Very good. Uh, but Bassett was kind of the weakest for me, who still had a tremendous start. He allowed four, four hits and four walks for eight base runners, so striking out five. The thing with Bassett, though, he did lose a little bit of control. I feel like Bassett, Bassett's strike zone has kind of been a little bit shoddy at some points. Mm -hmm. I don't think... All things are all things are fair. That's the game of baseball, though. You're not always going to get it your way. But nonetheless, Jesse, he still had a quality start in a very good line. And Yusei Kikuchi, not a typical Yusei Kikuchi start by any means. I mean, two walks and six and a third for Yusei Kikuchi. I would say that's very good. And he only gave up four hits. The mm -hmm. funny thing with Yusei Kikuchi in this start is he only struck out three hitters. Um, he was still surrendering um, a lot of soft contact and actually some hard contact, but it, it just happened to stay in the park. It just happened to stay in the park, and it's kind of the luck aspect of that. Did the Blue Jays pitchers get lucky in this series? Yes, at certain times they did, minus Bassett's strike zone at some points, but I believe, you know, there was obviously all three starting pitchers 
uh, a tremendous game, but also the luck factor that goes into it also played a big role. The baseball gods looked down on the back half of this Toronto Blue Jays rotation and said, okay, boys, let's cut you a break. You're going into Pittsburgh. Let's kind of, you know, give you a quality start. You know, nothing crazy, no double-digit strikeouts. You know, Brio sitting down seven, that's pretty good. And I'm convinced. Jose Brios has got some identical twin that pitches <laughs> almost every other time where he, one of them is just really bad. And that's, that's kind of the middle Jose Brios. That is the more of the Jose Brios that I expected. I mean, <laughs> just, oh, just over a strikeout an inning, like not giving up a ton of walks and not really getting barreled up to me. This is like 2019 to 2020, like, Minnesota Twins Jose Barrios where he looked quite good and looked like at one point where he could have I mean there was there was a conversation I would have had you know four or five years ago where there's a conversation where I would have said by this time Jose Barrios could be the best pitcher in baseball that discussion is years gone now he is not there but for what he did in this start versus the Pirates I will I will kind of think higher of him as this goes on. Still, the leash on him is very short. But all in all, Jesse, tremendous job from our starting pitchers. I mean, you look at the scores in these games. What else can you say? But I do think there was an element of luck. But all pitchers were on their game. And, I mean, we walked away with the sweep, Jesse. You couldn't have asked for anything more out of these three guys. Just to go back on that luck factor that you pointed out, the Pirates did make three outs on the bases behind Chris Bassett. And the four walks is alarming. But, hey, at the end of the day, seven innings pitch, no runs allowed. And that brings his ERA to 245 over his last six starts. That'll work for Chris Bassett. We'll take that. And I did have a note on Yusei Kikuchi. You did say he did allow some hard contact. He did. The defense did play quite well behind Yusei Kikuchi. He wasn't missing as many bats. The thing that I didn't love is that his fastball usage was up. And we were telling Kikuchi, like, use your slider more. Use your changeup more. He used his fastball a lot more. And I don't know if that was by design because I don't know if that's going to be how he's going to get success going forward. So let's watch for that in his next start against Atlanta to see how Yusei Kikuchi pitches. But overall... Good pitching performances. Every sweep has good pitching performances, and the Blue Jays got it here. There was one player on the roster, Riley, that I guess didn't really have a good performance. And, you know, when you outscore your opponents 22 to 3, it's going to be hard to try to find a negative. But we do got to talk about Jimmy Garcia. In fact, we had a fan on our Twitter tweeted us today saying that he thinks it's time to send Jimmy Garcia down. Now, you and I both don't think that's going to happen. His stuff is still too good. Relief pitchers are still... They're volatile, right? They can have a really good year one year, and then they're kind of terrible the next. And it's just what happens with relief pitchers. And it's probably why you haven't seen the Jays go out and give big money to a relief pitcher either. But here's what happened in the game today. He was the first guy in in the bullpen when Yusei Kikuchi gave up a double and got pulled in. He got out of the inning, no problem. They left him out to start the top of the eighth. He gave up single, double, got an out, and then gave up another single. Two runs came in. He ran into some trouble before Jordan Romano had to kind of bail him out of there. And, you know, it's... Two or three shaky appearances now in a row for Jimmy Garcia, I guess. What's your concern level for him, and where in the bullpen packing order do you slot him? So this will be my highest concern level, I think I've said. I think for me right now, it might be an eight for Jimmy Garcia. I have not been a fan. I I really have not been a fan of him in in let's say the last two weeks of appearances. Um, I think... um, I think there, there's been a time there was a gut there was a gut feeling I had not in not in this game but there had been a series of gut feelings I had after his last 
few appearances and some of those i mean were kind of the same tell telltale like you give you surrender a walk you give up hard contact a sack fly and then maybe a, another hit i mean he pitched a full he pitched a full inning but he just you know you surrender four base runners i mean your whips whatever if we're going walks and hits per inning well that's a it's a four whip game that's kind of unacceptable for the you know the the standard i mean obviously that's going to you know, level out as the season goes. But is it if you're Jimmy Garcia? Because his numbers are certainly, I mean, not reflecting who he is as a ball player. I mean, he's a damn good pitcher. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm -hmm. But he has certainly been struggling. And I don't know what the issue is because, I mean, velocity seems fine as a relief pitcher. Yeah. Um, control, yes. I, I will I will admit, I think the control is is down. I don't know if he's putting too much pressure on himself or what, but it's they're just they're finding ways to hit Garcia, and he does have pretty good breaking stuff to go along with an already whippy fastball. Yeah, and where I would rank him, um, I'll bring I'll bring the guy up later. I mean, Pearson, I thought looked good. I'm sure you have you know stuff on Nate Pearson. I'm not going to put that, you know. And I'm just a shout out another new guy, this Jay Jackson. I thought for me the best relief pitcher in the series was Tim Mesa. Yeah. Personally, I thought I, okay. Mesa in his inning of work on like three strikeouts, and they were I think two were swinging strikeouts. He looked really good, and they weren't just against lefty bats as well. It was against a good part of that Pittsburgh order. Well. A good part of the Pittsburgh order. Let's just put that in an asterisk. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it is the Pirates, and no hate to them, but it is it is also Tim Mesa. So I was very impressed at what he did. And uh, hey, man, I don't know. I would. I still not a big on Richards Bass, but I'm not. I'm not convinced Garcia is down with them just yet. Yeah, I I'm mean, not either. I'm a real. I'm a lover of Eric Swanson, man. I am a straight up lover of Eric Swanson. And if I can, Jesse, just for a moment of your time, go over how good Eric Swanson has actually been his walks and hits printing. Cause you know, I like a good whip yep. is 0. 0.72, 0.72 oh, for Eric Swanson. And I mean, just on that and a, and a one, six earned run average, one, six, two earned run average. But when you're surrendering just, just like pretty, pretty much under three quarters of of a hit or a walk in an inning. I mean, he's giving a chance. He's giving you a chance to win ball games, man. And I think he uh, he has eight holds on the season right now. I think that puts him in pretty good competition for you know holds uh, uh, as a season. I know they're not as important as saves. I mean, if you want to talk about importance of saves, Jordan Romano also tied uh, for third place with nine right now. And I would I would guess Eric Swanson with eight holds is a very valuable number league wide. I I knew I knew he was going to do good things. He's kind of, um, you know, had a good season going for him. But I don't think people realize how good it has been for him. So, so anyways, to finish about Garcia, I'll talk about Eric Swanson to draw attention away from him. I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not really, you know, too stressed about the bullpen, but certainly in a high leverage situation right now, I don't want Garcia anywhere near it because these games were what they were. I it's honestly a little bit overshadowed what Garcia did, and it kind of I'm kind of just I'm gonna just sweep it right under the rug for right now. I'm still very concerned when I we start, hey 
We still just walked out of Pittsburgh with a sweep, and I'm very yeah. happy. So I'm not yeah. going to poo-poo all over Garcia. But, yes, you want him to straighten it out from there. Yeah, I agree. Just give him some lower leverage time for the time being. I'm looking at the stats here, Riley, and it's just it seems like he's just getting hit harder. And that usually is a location thing. His stuff is still the same. His expected stats kind of have him closer to the 2021 Jimmy Garcia than the 2022 Jimmy Garcia. But that's still not a bad pitcher. So from looking at this, just maybe the location gets a little bit better, and he's going to be okay. I'm confident he's going to turn it around. Let's just get him in lower leverage for the time being so we can build that confidence up. And Eric Swanson, Riley, tied for first with eight saves in the American League. is tied with James Karinczak and Brian Baker. Um, Major League leader is Colin Holderman, which a guy named Holderman leading baseball in, say, in holds. That just sounds fantastic. But uh, story for another day, maybe on another pi- uh, po- uh, podcast. But uh, I did want to tell you one story. And uh, for the first time, I'm giving myself a thumbs down, Riley. And... Two things. One, because last episode, we didn't mention Matt Chapman being a player of the month. Like we have a Blue Jays podcast. How do we not mention that? So my fault. I'll give myself a thumbs down. But I want to talk about in game three of this series. It was in the top of the ninth when the Blue Jays scored five runs. I've been going to baseball games for years, Riley, and I have never caught a foul ball ever in my life. But we our seats were pretty good. We were behind the Blue Jays dugout for this series. And I had a chance, Riley. And in the top of the ninth, Bo Bichette was leading off the inning. He got to a 2-2 count. He hit one to the opposite field like he always does. It was a good fastball. He fouled it off. The ball came. It ricocheted off the side of the 200 level and came right towards me, Riley. It was literally in my chest. I had the ball, and I think you can kind of tell where this is going. I reached out. The ball hit me right here on the hand and dropped right into the guy's lap behind me. He picked up the ball, and he got it, and I'm still without my first foul ball. I was this close to finally getting one, but it didn't happen. So uh, thumbs down for me. I should have caught that ball, Riley. You are so lucky I didn't see that, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. You are so lucky I didn't see that. I checked I the footage too you. to make sure like Sportsnet didn't broadcast this and it was on there. It's like, nope, Bobochette just fouled it off and they kept talking about Bobochette's swing. So it wasn't on video, thank goodness, but uh, it happened. It happened and we're going to get over it. And on that note, Jesse, just on things that I personally want to talk about, because we're just over a month in this season now. Boba Shet, yeah, foul ball, whatever. But 49 hits leads all of Major League Baseball right now. How about that, Boba Shet, Jesse Burrell? He has been absolutely fantastic. And we've said, I've said it multiple times, that he's going to lead the American League in hits again. I said 200 hits, and he is certainly trying to get that mark. Yeah, this and is the it, best let, he's let, ever let, looked. Like, oh, this is the best it's, he's fantastic, yeah. Jesse. And if it wasn't for a guy who, who I guess needed a change of scenery going to the tropical state of Florida, that Luis, uh, Luis Arias uh, playing for the for the Miami Marlins, if it wasn't for his 420 batting average, Matt Chapman would have the best average in all of baseball, but currently holds it in the American League, which is great. And like I said, Romano Swanson with their hold, save, whatever combination, it's a no-brainer that that should be the eight, nine guys. Also on the the brink of Matt Chapman, he's in the top four for on-base percentage and slugging. I mean, what else would you expect? And 17 doubles as well. He's going to ring 40 doubles off this year. He might not have 40 home runs like I once said, but 40 doubles would be excellent for Matt Chapman. And a 2.1 war puts him first in all of Major League Baseball and wins yes, the bump replacement, Jesse. How do you like that? This Blue Jays team is is really coming together. I mean, Tampa Bay's record might show that they have the best. Obviously, shows they have the best record as a team right now. But our statistics really don't, I think, replicate our record right now. I think that we are one of the best teams. I think we're a top three team in baseball as of right now. If you look at how we how our 
bottom guys pitched in that pirate series, Jesse, I think that the rest of the league is looking around and saying, damn, we have to be sharp when mm-hmm. we play against the Toronto Blue Jays because even Kikuchi looked awesome. Barrios seemed to look good. And Chris Bassett, yes, the four walks, whatever. Like he still looked good. He still threw seven innings. He still had a quality start and he had an incredible amount of run support. So, I mean, hey, I would say I'm on the inside looking out, not on the outside looking in, but I would say we're a very feared ball club. Even if it is the Pittsburgh Pirates, we're in the toughest division in baseball and we look good right now. I know we just got swept by the Red Sox, but all things considered, Jesse, individual stats, if you combine them all to see what our pitchers and hitters are doing, Jesse, we are a force to be reckoned with, especially our big guns. Yeah, and if you want to look across the division too, because we haven't really done a big pitcher look for this Toronto Blue Jays yet, the Tampa Bay Rays have played the most home games out of any other team in baseball, and Baltimore's right there behind them. I think the Jays have only played, I think it's less than 40% of their games so far have been at Rogers Center at home. So the Blue Jays are going to be better at home. They've been fantastic at home so far this year. And then after we get through this big stretch, it's about another another month or so of really tough competitive teams, the Blue Jays' schedule gets incredibly easy. So we are poised. You know, you got to play who's on your schedule. I get it. Every team's going to play every team. But, like, we are incredibly poised to go on a big second-half run here and possibly claim this division. So even though we're seven games back of the Rays right now, I'm still not worried. I'm not even worried one bit. I am still quite confident this Toronto Blue Jays team is going to end up AL East champs at the end of the year. I have all the confidence in this team right now. Maybe not on individual players at all times, but as a 26-man team on the guys on the field, the guys in the bullpen, the guys that's towing the rubber to start off the ball game. I have faith in it. I have faith in John Schneider, and I have faith in his Blue Jays team and and what and what lineups he's put together. I mean, hey, we've seen a lot of different lineups, a lot of variations. We got some new lefty bats in the lineup. We've been doing a lot of cool things with this team, and it is a very cool team. A lot of diverse talent, one through nine, and you love to watch them. Jesse, you went to one of the most exciting, mm-hmm. maybe not maybe not competitive series. But you went to one of the most exciting. If you want to watch guys pad their stats, I mean, you watch watch Varsho hit that into the river. You watch Whip Merrifield steal um, three bases in a ball game. That's exciting baseball, man. Mm-hmm. And the Blue Jays bring exciting baseball to Major League Baseball. I will say we're running out of time here, so I just got to wrap this up quick. I will say, guys, if you get a chance to go into PNC Park, do it. I want to say thank you to all the Blue Jays fans. I met there to all of our new subscribers. I told you to subscribe to the podcast down there. Thank you for joining us. It was a hell of a time. A lot of fun. Met a lot of good people down there, and um, I'm excited to see it. And you got to go, man. If you ever get a chance to go to PNC Park, the history they have there, the statues they have around the diamond, you know, Pittsburgh has been around for a long, long time. And I know their team hasn't been so great over the past 20 years or so. Some rich history with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it's been fantastic to see. And uh, I'm excited to go to the next ballpark. I think I'm planning a trip to Fenway next season. So I'm really looking forward to that, Riley. Uh, I guess really quick, we got an off day today, hence why we're recording today. And then we have a little two-game mini-series against the Phillies. Game one, Alec Manoa against Aaron Nola. Game two, Kevin Gosman against Zach Wheeler. So some good pitchers in this series. Just give me really quick, how are we going to do in those two-game series? I'll take a split. I will take a split. I think if we if we lost a game two to one and won a game two to one, Jesse, and we come back here in three days or two nights and, and talk about it, and there's not a lot of runs scored, but we see a good good start by all our pitchers five in a row. Um, you know, if Gosman and Manoa both go six innings, I mean that's good. That mm-hmm. is really good. I'm really looking. I'm really hoping for that. 
we could lose the uh, we could like I said we could lose two to one and then win two to one and I would be over the moon at it because of the pitching that we've got in five consecutive games. Yeah, it should be good. It's always good. The Jays and Phillies know each other quite well. They're our natural rival, if you will. So it'll be a good thing before we get home and play Atlanta. But that'll be it for our episode here today, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. A lot of good stuff coming from the Toronto Blue Jays against the Pittsburgh Pirates there. Very good series. Lots of fun. Um, Go if you can ever get to go. It's very good. But please... Like the video on your way out here, guys. Subscribe to the channel. We are two episodes away from our 100th episode, and we're going to do something fun for that one when we do get there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that fun stuff, and please subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today? No, we'll t- let's uh, let's take on the Phillies, and uh, a happy birthday to my mother as well, it being uh, May the 8th. Yes. So, um, yeah, happy birthday, Mom. Let's go Blue Jays. Let's go Blue Jays indeed.